0: views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence if investing. The show was pre-recorded earlier this week. The Everyday Wealth Radio Show and podcast are produced and created by Edelman Financial Engines and hosted by Gene Chatsky and Soledad O'Brien. Ms. Chatsky and Ms. O'Brien are not employees or clients of the firm. They receive fixed cash compensation for acting as hosts and related activities and therefore have an incentive to endorse Edelman Financial Engines and its planners. For additional information, please see www.edelmanfinancialengines.com slash everyday-wealth. The 2021 Top 100 Independent Advisory Firm Ranking, issued by Barons is qualitative and quantitative, including assets managed, revenue generated, regulatory records, staffing levels and diversity, technology spending, and succession planning. Firms elect to participate, but do not pay to be included in the ranking. Compensation is paid for use and distribution of rating. Awarded September 2021, based on data within a 12-month period. Investor experience and returns are not considered. At the intersection of life and money, this is Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth, with award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien. Personal finance expert Gene Chatsky and Edelman Financial Engines wealth planner John McCafferty. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. Now, here's Gene Chatsky, Soledad O'Brien, and John McCafferty.
1: So right now, we are in the middle of September. Kids are back at school. Yay. Very excited about that. (laughs) Uh, Evenings in different parts of the country are getting cooler. The days are getting shorter. And while the seasons tell us that it's the end of something, I think a lot of us look at it as a new beginning. Our everyday pace quickens. We start to make lists. I'm a big list maker, so that's me. What do we need to accomplish by the end of the year? We use the time to reassess what we're behind on, what we need to play a little catch-up on. Maybe it's our contributions to the retirement savings. These lists we make stem from this fear of missing out or FOMO. And today we're going to focus on the opportunities that you absolutely, positively do not want to
2: miss out on. Hi, everybody. I'm Soledad O'Brien.
3: I'm John McCafferty.
2: And I'm Gene Chatsky. And you're listening to Edelman Financial Engine's Everyday Wealth. Since the markets began dipping in the beginning of the year, John, we saw a number of investors start to move toward the sidelines. In fact, the folks at Allianz did a survey about this, and they found 65% of people said they are keeping more money than they should on the sidelines because they're worried about losing it. And some of those folks got back in in time for the July rally, but... As the market starts to look at these additional interest rate hikes, I think people are really torn between what Soledad mentioned, that FOMO, that fear of missing out, and analysis paralysis, the fact that they don't know exactly what to do, so they just sit there and do nothing.
3: I totally agree, and I'm hearing that in the conversations that I'm having. It's a pretty well-known quote from Peter Lynch, far more money has been lost by investors preparing for corrections than has been lost in the corrections themselves.
1: That's kind of a version, right, of the, and I forget who said it, maybe Michael Jordan or someone, right? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. It's some iteration of that, kind of.
3: This is why, in the end, most advisors will tell you to stay invested.
2: And I think if we're going to pull our favorite quotes out of a hat, it's not timing the market. It's time in the market mm. that is actually gonna get you to the finish line. And I think in fact we're all saying the same exact thing. Time in the market is really hard, so you just shouldn't really try to do it.
3: In the long run, it's a losers game and so you'll hear us often say it's this idea of having a plan and sticking with it. And everyone's circumstances are, are unique to themselves. And so if you are say looking to retire in the next one to 2 years, yeah, maybe we should be more tactical. Maybe you should be building up a little bit more cash. If you're not retiring for for maybe 3 years or more, the conversations will be different. We're acutely aware of what's going on out there.
1: Do you find that the fall is when people kind of get it together to decide their strategy, maybe because of the pressure of the year end? I got everyone out of my house and then I could start like cleaning and organizing and and I think it's put me back on my goals list, right? Off of summer vacation Onto goals, And I think reassessing, you know, what your money is doing is at the top of the list. Listen, we've been talking about keeping more money in cash. Who knows exactly what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those percentage of people who's like, I don't know what to do.
3: That's okay. If you keeping extra amounts of cash, say above average levels of cash on hand, if that makes you feel better, helps you navigate your life a little bit more easily and effectively, then by all means, let's do that. Part of what we help people figure out is, well, how much cash do I need? And so if... In this phase of uncertainty, having more cash, if that works for you, let's do it.
1: So give me an explanation of what exactly is analysis
2: paralysis. You were talking, Soledad, about cash on the sidelines. And I think that's the example that hurts people the most. You pull your money out because you are afraid that you're going to lose it then you just sit there and you sit there and you sit there and you sit there because the information is flying at you so quickly. You're never sure exactly when the perfect time is to get back in. And the volatility is getting to the point where it can be really troubling. Just this week, we saw a huge downswing in the market when the inflation numbers were released. They came in hotter than expected at 8.3 percent, with core inflation, which excludes energy and food rising. And the market had a significant reaction. The Dow dropped over 1,200 points. The S&P dropped over 4%. So, John, if I'm your client, how do you lower my temperature a little bit to make sure that I'm not missing out on what might be the next best thing or I'm not overwhelmed by this fear that if I do put my money to work, I'm going to lose it.
3: It starts by focusing on your personal situation, but we also want to sort of set the table for now through year end and then through 2023.
1: So then, John, tick through for me what's in your standard annual review. So
3: we like to meet with people to see what's been accomplished year over year for the client and their families. We like to review the progress that we've achieved, hopefully, since our last meeting. And then we also review changes in their financial situation.
2: Are you talking about if somebody changed jobs?
3: Possibly. It could be a job change. It could be change in a family situation. Maybe there's been a marriage. There's a new child. Maybe there's unfortunately been a death. College application, elder care, a child living at home, health care status. Um, so it, it could cover a number of uh, personal items like that. And then financially, yeah, we want to talk about their occupation, their income. Has there been an increase? What's going on with their investment accounts? Might there have been an inheritance since the last time we got together? What do you do about that?
1: You celebrate in a very, very big (laughs) way, and then you call your financial advisor so
2: that you don't just spend all that money, you do something smart with it. I would imagine, for example, if you lost a spouse, if I'm a a woman, I I lost my spouse or I, I got divorced. I I might have some sort of a change in my risk tolerance Mm. or or I lost a job, right? I'm holding really tight to any money that I have left. That might not be the right thing to do when it comes to my forward-looking planning. Are there other examples that you've been going through recently?
3: Yeah, there's the investor that's looking to retire in the near future, say within the next one to two years. And we're definitely taking a hard look at risk tolerance. Should we dial it back a little bit? Should we consider building up more of a cash reserve? And then we have sort of the middle of the road investor where maybe their time horizon is a little bit longer, maybe three to five years until retirement. And we don't have to alter things all that much. If their emotions are really a bit frayed, we want to acknowledge that and adjust their plan accordingly. We don't want to go too far off, but we we're here to acknowledge how you're feeling, what you're thinking. And then we have the longer term investor. I would like to think that this pocket of uncertainty that we're dealing with, it's likely going to be in the past. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or you think that you may be missing out on opportunities, just give us a call. It's good to get a second set of eyes. You can reach us at 833-PLAN-EFE. That's 833-PLAN-EFE or visit planefe.com.
2: So we are talking about this fear of missing out and being paralyzed because there's so much information flying at you so quickly that you are unable to do anything. So John, let's say I'm your client. What top three questions are you gonna ask me to figure out how to lead me forward and and out of the desert?
3: Number one, I ask my clients, what's concerning you the most? Really, what's top of mind? Second, do you have any major expenses or goals within the next three years? That's a big determining factor when deciding what to do with cash. And lastly, I like to ask my clients, have you come across any headlines or articles that we should sort of unpack and talk through? And I'm not anti-media, but there's, there's Thank you. A, we appreciate that. Right, right. Here we are doing media. I know, right.
1: <laughs> but
3: better be careful what I say. Yeah. But but there's just a lot of mixed messaging out there and there's so many different sources. And it's just like it's media, it's YouTube, it's your, your friends, it's your family. It's like, what's going on? It's like, all right, let's just call a timeout, figure out what's worth worrying about and what isn't worth worrying about. I'm not doom and gloom, but there seems to be some pretty clear writing on the wall. My theme to my clients is 2023, the path to normalization. I would expect a more definitive move towards normalization or more historically normal levels of GDP, of unemployment, more historically normal levels of interest rates. And that might include more historically normal levels of rates of return. So what do I mean by that? Well, we're exiting a decade where the S&P has averaged roughly 14%. Since 1926, the S&P has averaged about 10 or 11. So we're exiting a decade where things have been above average. And so we are on the path back to normal. And why are we doing this? So that we can return to hopefully normal levels of inflation.
1: I like normal. I support normal. I'd like to be back to normal. Everything feels extremely not normal. When we come back, we'll talk about open enrollment season, what you should be thinking about, what you should specifically do. I'm Soledad O'Brien. I'm here with Gene Chatsky and John McCafferty. And you're listening to Edelman Financial Engines' Everyday Wealth. We'll be
2: right back. Recession, inflation, rising interest rates. If you're wondering what today's economic challenges mean for you, join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, September 20th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for a brand new virtual event, The Economic Storm of 2022 and Your Wealth, a roundtable discussion hosted by me, Gene Chatsky, and featuring wealth planners from Edelman Financial Engines. You can register right now at planefe.com. You'll get timely insights into today's market situation and learn steps to consider now. Are you making the right financial moves? What could you be doing differently? Don't miss this important virtual event. Join us for the economic storm of 2022 and your wealth hosted by me, Gene Chatsky, on Tuesday. September 20th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. There is no cost to attend. There's also no obligation. So you can register right now at plan EFE.com. That's plan EFE.com for Edelman Financial Engines. So coming up very shortly in just a few weeks, you are going to need to make some big decisions. And These are decisions that could be worth thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, even more. Are you one of the 30% of people who spend absolutely no time making decisions during benefits open enrollment? Hey, I'm Jean Chatsky. I'm here with Soledad O'Brien and John McCafferty. You're listening to Edelman Financial Engine's Everyday Wealth. And Today we have been talking about FOMO, the fear of missing out. One thing that not enough people are fearful of missing out on are all of the valuable benefits that their employers provide, but that they don't take seriously. I can see
1: how that happens because you base your next year decisions on this year that's passed or passing. So if you had a pretty good year, you don't expect things to change much. There are all these things like it went fine.
3: You don't want to make your decisions or your elections this year based upon your circumstances last year because things are dramatically different this year.
2: People also don't focus on the fact that the menu may have changed year to year you may be doing the same thing your employer may be changing the landscape around you and this year people are also really thinking about the fact that everything seems to cost more because of inflation the folks at the hartford did a little bit of research they found about four in ten workers said they're actually going to scale back on their benefits due to inflation
1: but as your life takes on greater complexity as you age Really, you only get one opportunity each year, right, to set yourself up for what could come at you down the road, right? So you've got short-term disability, long-term disability. Those are decisions that you have to make. you got to decide. Do you want more life insurance? you got to decide what you're going to do around health care. What's your plan going to be?
2: I've always been struck by the huge number of people who pay absolutely no attention to this. And the folks at Harvard, they dug into this. They found 30 percent of U.S. workers just roll along, they call them roller, they roll along with the plan. About 28% say that they are planners, they actually take a look at this, good for them. 22% are analyzers, they get into the data. 12% are consultors, I guess those are the folks that ask their financial advisor, hey, can you help me here? And 8% of workers don't even open the email, they're just avoiders.
1: So then walk us through, John, since we get this one opportunity, once a year, what you should be thinking about when it comes, especially looking at disability, which I think might be more important than life insurance sometimes. It is.
3: For most Americans, disability insurance is far more important than life insurance. It's intended to protect you, protect your finances, protect your money. Short term usually covers the first six months, okay, maybe some plans might cover the first 12 months. The short-term disability insurance will cover you again for roughly six to 12 months, and that'll pay 40 to 60% of what your income would normally pay you.
2: And when you say, John, that disability is more important than life insurance for people, we're not telling people that you don't need life insurance. You have dependents, you need life insurance. It's just that statistically, the chances of becoming disabled during your working life are greater than dying.
3: It's all about probability, and we want you sufficiently... Insured, but we don't want you over-insured. So just think of it this way. Short-term disabilities to protect you in the short-term. Long-term disabilities to protect you in the long-term. Think 12 months to 60 months within a five-year frame. It's all about maximizing the use of your dollars today to better serve you tomorrow.
1: So walk me through when you would use short-term disability, when you would use long-term disability. Like, give me examples of how actual people actually use it.
2: Sure. And I think for a lot of us, when we took maternity leave years ago, that actually tapped into short-term disability. Maternity policies were not as generous as as many are today. And so you would take six weeks of leave and then your short-term disability policy, if you had it, would kick in and continue to cover part of your salary. But a friend of mine actually... Uh, had a had a brain aneurysm. Oh, jeez. Um, I know. And and a couple of years ago, she had long term disability insurance. Thank goodness, it paid sixty percent of her salary for a good year until she was able to go back to work. And and then she was able to just sort of pick up where she left off. She wasn't forced to dig into, say, her 401k, to borrow from her 401k, to use the money that she was planning on using for retirement because she had put these other layers of protection in place. That
1: sounds like that's just a good thing to think about and talk about with your financial planner around, like, let's just put some of these things in place just in, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So is there any other thing, John, that you would say to people, this is an absolute must do?
3: Those are two things. So in addition to long-term disability, look at short-term disability, okay? And think of it as protection, Also think of it as a way to stretch your dollar. So short-term disability, long-term disability, we want to right-size your life insurance, all right? Um... 401k. Are you maxing it out? Fantastic. If but
1: let's you, say you are maxing it out. What else can you do? I mean, let's say you got a late start mm-hmm. in saving for retirement and now you're maxing out your 401k. Are you just kind of stuck there?
3: No. So what I would look to next would be possibly an HSA, a health savings account that can serve you in the short term where you build up some cash to cover healthcare premiums, out-of-pocket costs. It's, it's, there's multiple tax benefits to that. Uh, in the long run, a health savings account can also serve as an additional retirement account. For individuals, you can contribute up to $3,650 a year. For families, you can contribute up to $7,300 a year.
2: And just keep in mind, if you are going to use your HSA, which you can only get if you have a high deductible health plan, if you're planning on using that as a supplemental retirement account, the whole idea is to pay for your health care expenses outside of that HSA, just using your current cash
3: And another account that I think people should strongly consider if you're maxing out your 401k, maybe even if you have an HSA is a non-retirement account. Some of the most successful retirement plans that I've helped build or have come across have a really good mixture of pre-tax or retirement dollars and post-tax or non-retirement dollars. They can really come in handy for you if you're thinking about maybe an early retirement or building sort of a bridge strategy to uh, increase maybe a social security benefit.
2: To that point, John, if you're offered the choice these days of putting money into a Roth 401k instead of a traditional 401k, is that an option that you should take?
3: Possibly, it depends on your tax bracket. If you would benefit more from a tax break, let's stick with the traditional or pre-tax four hundred one k. If if taxes are less of an issue, then yeah, maybe you should consider the Roth. Um, and so it really is specific to one's tax situation.
2: What's so amazing here is you just ran down a laundry list of different benefits options that that people may or may not have, that they may or may not even be thinking about, right? And for me, it says, okay, the next time I go to my financial advisor, if I go in, which I will this fall for my annual review, I should be bringing this menu along and I should be asking these questions.
3: I agree. I think those 12 percenters of consultants, they have it right. You don't know what you don't know. And that's why talking to someone can really help. Um, So if you would like to review your benefits, just give us a call at 833-PLAN-EFE or visit planEFE.com. See what you may be missing. That's 833-PLAN-EFE or visit planEFE.com.
2: And there are other things that are coming our way right now. Economists are arguing about recessions. Companies are planning for a slowdown and we're starting to read about more and more layoffs every single day in the news. Now that could be daunting, but it could also mean that you have an opportunity for an early retirement, which might mean an early retirement package. We're gonna dig into that next. I'm Jean Chatsky. I'm here with Soledad O'Brien and John McCafferty. You're listening to Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth, and we'll be right back. Recession, inflation, rising interest rates. If you're wondering what today's economic challenges mean for you, join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, September 20th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for a brand new virtual event. The Economic Storm of 2022 and Your Wealth, a roundtable discussion hosted by me, Gene Chatsky, and featuring wealth planners from Edelman Financial Engines. You can register right now at planefe.com. You'll get timely insights into today's market situation and learn steps to consider now. Are you making the right financial moves? What could you be doing differently? Don't miss this important virtual event. Join us for the economic storm of 2022 and your wealth, hosted by me, Jean Chatsky, on Tuesday, September 20th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. There is no cost to attend. There's also no obligation. So you can register right now at planEFE.com. That's planEFE.com for Edelman Financial Engines.
3: So as we're headed towards 2023, more and more the weekly headlines are filled with news of companies taking proactive measures to adapt to maybe slower consumer spending. Unfortunately, many times this can mean layoffs and for some, the opportunity to take an early retirement package. Each of these events is incredibly emotional and can have long-term impacts on your financial future. Hi, I'm John McCafferty in Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner from the D.C. area, and I'm here with Sold Out O'Brien and Jean Chatsky.
2: I can't think of many things that are more fear-inducing than layoffs, and we're seeing a very strange, I guess, dichotomy right now in, in the world of work, in the world of labor. The economy added 315,000 new jobs last month. At the same time, though, wage growth cooled. We are starting to hear and read headlines from companies that are laying people off. There's a long,
1: long list that are laying off not insignificant numbers of folks. And they, they were doing really well during the pandemic and now not so much. And
2: if this is you... If you are faced with an involuntary layoff, all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, number one, do I have a fully stocked emergency fund? Did I follow all the advice about making sure that I had a good cash cushion? What happens to my health care? Am I going to have to go on COBRA, which can be incredibly expensive, or am I going to look for healthcare on one of the exchanges. What about my stock? If I have stock in this company, has it vested? Am I I actually going to get this money that I was counting on? John, there are a lot of questions.
3: Heading into 2023, you're seeing some of the writing on the wall. Companies are getting prepared and we want you to do the same thing. Definitely take a look at your cash reserves. Review your benefits like we're talking about. Make it a part of your open enrollment season. Vested stock. What should you do? How should you use that? There's no question that a payout of vested stock can have a very positive impact on someone's situation if, if they've been recently laid off. But have you taken a look at the tax implications? What will your income be for maybe 2022 versus 2023? Do you want to jump right back into the workforce? Do you maybe want to sell some of this vested stock and maybe take some time off and regroup? God knows you need it. You know, it's been a rough two, two three year stretch. <laughs>
1: right, so- we all deserve it. But you know, I think, in the context of all of those very good questions, you're also talking about what can be so traumatic, right? Like you're mm-hmm. you're forced to make all these really important decisions about your financial life. And you're probably like freaked out. Emotionally, it is just a, a really stressful, horrible thing to be laid off or downsized or whatever they want to call it.
3: It's never easy, but if you're, say, mid or late career... It's incredibly traumatic. I mean, this is how we help people. So if you feel that, hey, you know, maybe this this might be on my horizon, or even if you just want to double check, you can always call us. You can always reach us at 833-PLAN-EFE or visit planEFE.com. Once again, you want to see what you may be missing. Are you preparing for the potential outcome of things like this in 2023? And if you're not sure, if you're not sure what to do, give us a call, 833-PLAN-EFE- or visit plan com.
2: So if you're leaving your company, John, how do you approach the decisions that you have to make about your 401k to leave it, to roll it over? How do, you, how do you figure that out?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. And there's no rush. So your choices are essentially these. You can leave it in place. You can leave it in the 401k plan. If there are decent investment choices within the plan, uh, that's a viable choice. Um, you can, although I wouldn't recommend it, you can take a lump sum, but you're going to get hit with taxes. Wouldn't recommend it. Um, you can also roll it into an IRA, sort of take your money with you. And there are pros and cons to all of these choices. Moving it into an IRA is a tax-free transaction. There are no tax implications.
1: Probably less traumatic is where you have decided to take an early retirement package
2: the difference is that when companies have to right size they they either decide okay we're going to have to lay people off or we're going to offer this opportunity to take an early retirement package to to decide hey I'm just going to go. I'm going to go happily because I'm being offered this good package that might offer months and months of severance pay or extended medical insurance, a continuation of my life insurance. Maybe there is some sort of a fund to, to go back to school. Some companies even offer you a bridge to Social Security or to Medicare, which is just a series of payments that would get you from where you are right now to age 62, where Social Security could kick in, or age 65, where where Medicare could kick in. And
1: I have to imagine, John, that people come to you where suddenly, like the good news is you're being offered a a package, an off-ramp, and you have to Mm -hmm. decide at that moment what that's going to look like.
3: Part of what we want to help you figure out is, okay, is this a good offer or not? How does this fit into what you may already have in place? So you want to have a better understanding of your benefits coverage and what you may or may not have to pay out of pocket. Um, So if you're offered a buyout package or an early retirement package, you want to take a look at how many years do you have until Medicare? Um, What level of savings might you have outside of the four hundred one k?
2: Why is that important?
3: Well, depending on your age, you know, 59 and a half is sort of that, that threshold where there's, there may be a 10% penalty on withdrawals from retirement accounts. Well, once you're beyond it, there, there, there won't be penalties. You'll pay ordinary income tax. So non-retirement assets, uh, they can provide more liquidity, more flexibility, more control. And so this is why we talk a lot about cash reserves. Yes. But if you're maxing out your 401k, if you're maxing out the HSA and you're looking for an additional place to park assets, a non-retirement account is a wonderful place to do so, so that if a buyout package and early retirement is presented to you, you have money to handle the situation. So non-retirement accounts can be vital in this type of circumstance.
2: Take a look at your spending. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I know that these are the years, people in their late 50s and early 60s, these are often our highest spending years overall.
3: Yeah, and I I tell my clients, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. That's the last thing I'm here to do. But you really, truly want to have, especially if you're in your 50s and 60s, you want to know how much you spend on a monthly basis. I start with, are you a $5,000 household? We'll work from there. Are you a 10000 a month household? What are you? And once we determine that, and frankly, a lot of people, they aren't really sure, but we get them to find out. Once you know how much you're spending, you have a much greater awareness of, can I do this or can I not? It really, a majority of our recommendations stem from what do you need? How much do you spend? And from there, we put the puzzle together. Here's what you need. Here's what might be coming from, say, a severance pay for six or 12 months or whatever it ends up being. So you've bought yourself some time. Maybe we're going into 2023 and maybe severance covers you for what might be a rocky year in the markets. Well, that's great. That's worth taking a look at so that you don't have to dip into your own assets. And then maybe we'll look at non-retirement assets to give your retirement assets a bit more of a runway so that you can... Use those for income purposes later on. And then, you know, maybe all of this, the collective effort allows you to delay social security by a year or two, paying attention to what you spend. Literally, it starts there.
2: One of the wild cards is if you've got stock in the company, right, or you've got some shares that are vested, some shares that are not vested. How do you, how do you figure that out? into whether this is or is not the time to go.
3: Is it worth it? Is it worth it riding out a potential storm or or enduring uh, a circumstance or environment that you don't really like, but you know, you've got another two years until you're fully vested? Um, that's a big, big question that people should ask. I encourage people to do that.
1: I think it's important to talk to somebody because- I mean, having been laid off of shows and having left jobs, sometimes voluntarily, sometimes less voluntarily, you're so overwhelmed emotionally that I think having somebody who's going to be like, let's get back on track. Let's talk about your 401k. Let's talk about whether or not you're invested. I think it's really helpful to have someone who can kind of steer you Mm -hmm. on those important things. It's emotional.
2: It is heartbreaking in, in some situations. I've, I've been there just like you, left jobs out of choice, left jobs not out of choice. <laughs> less out of choice. <laughs> less out of choice. And and that's why you want to have not just a, a list of things that you're going through, but a, really a sounding board to make sure that you are doing it right. Because sometimes when your money is concerned, your emotions can get the best of you.
3: You can always call us. You can always reach us at 833-PLAN-EFE or visit planefe.com. If you're not sure what to do, give us a call 833 plan EFE or visit plan EFE.com.
1: We've been talking about FOMO throughout the show. And coming up next, we've got something you definitely do not want to miss out on. So stay tuned. I'm Soledad O'Brien here with Gene Chatsky and John McCafferty. And we'll be right back.
2: Recession, inflation, rising interest rates. If you're wondering what today's economic challenges mean for you, join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, September 20th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for a brand new virtual event The Economic Storm of 2022 and Your Wealth. A roundtable discussion hosted by me, Gene Chatsky, and featuring wealth planners from Edelman Financial Engines. You can register right now at planefb.com. You'll get timely insights into today's market situation and learn steps to consider now. Are you making the right financial moves? What could you be doing differently? Don't miss this important virtual event. Join us for the economic storm of 2022 and your wealth hosted by me, Gene Chatsky on Tuesday, September 20th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. There is no cost to attend. There's also no obligation. So you can register right now at plan EFE.com. That's plan EFE.com for Edelman Financial Engines. Today, we have something very special for you, especially if you don't want to have that FOMO feeling that we've been talking about throughout today's show. We're giving you a sneak peek of Edelman Financial Engine's new virtual event, The Economic Storm of 2022 and Your Wealth. It's a roundtable discussion that I hosted, and it features wealth planners from Edelman Financial Engines. Soledad, I had so much fun hosting this discussion because I get so many letters about these topics. And during this event, you'll get timely insights into today's market situation. You'll learn steps to consider taking right now. Here's just a taste of what you'll be learning. And don't miss out. Register now at planefe.com. That's planefe.com. Dot .com there is no cost to attend there's no obligation here's the sneak peek and you'll hear me talking with Brandon Corso and Isabel Barrow both wealth planners with Edelman Financial Engines The volatility during this period has been even greater than the volatility that we saw in 2008. Volatility makes people emotional. It makes us look at the markets and sometimes not make very wise decisions. Since 1984, and I I pulled some numbers on this, about 70% of investor underperformance happened during 10 periods, 10 periods of time where investors Pulled their money out of the markets during crises. We we made decisions based on emotion, not based on history. How do we flip that paradigm?
4: Right, it's the classic, they um, bought high, sold low. Yeah. And we all know better, but it's it's interesting because it always feels different. It always feels like mm-hmm. this is the one, this is the worst, this is different. And, Really, it's always different, right? Isn't that the bottom line that one recession, one market downturn never exactly duplicates or replicates the last? And so it's really a matter of having that conversation. Sometimes it's just a matter of of a client calling us and saying, I just needed to hear it from you. I just wanted to confirm my thinking that I need to stay in for the long term if I can, right? And that's what they want to know is I think the right thing to do is to stay in this. I think the right thing to do is to ignore some of the volatility and some of the noise if my focus is longer-term, but I need to have that conversation with you. I need to have that conversation with a financial planner. I need to know that I'm right. Second set of eyes.
5: Yeah, I think anytime somebody is anxious or worried or scared, which is normal, as you said, in this environment, it makes sense to have a conversation with your advisor. I, I, I can't see how that would hurt, right? And to just talk about and revisit what are the results? How am I invested? And does anything need to change? And I think most of the time the answer is no but not always there can be changes that you need to make i think our job often is to prevent a client from doing something big mm. in other words if you tweak something in your portfolio and you change it like this i prefer that than changing it you know from top to bottom or going to cash And that's where people, you talked about it, you harm your own results if you're gonna go to cash after the market's dropped and you miss out on a rebound. And so a lot of times it's our job to prevent or try to help clients not make that really big change.
4: It's also really important to remember that when we're working with clients, we've included a lot of these worst case scenarios. We've included a lot of down years. We've included inflation. You know, we've built in a cushion. We've run Monte Carlo simulations to determine whether or not their portfolio can withstand a downturn, right? And so when they come to us and they say, am I still okay? Our clients also know that when we've done this, we've looked at the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. So we already understand how their portfolio should be built in order to withstand a lot of that. I volatile.
5: think all in Investors tend to have like a high-water mark mentality. And that means what does that, that mean? So it means that, okay, I'm going to call Gene and I'm going to say, look, the value of my account is X, but the high, January or December, was Y. I've lost this amount. And so we're always looking at it from that context, from that lens. And that's fine. We can have that conversation. But also we can say, well, let's take a step back and see where we were a year ago, mm. two years ago three, five. Because I think that helps put it into context because, right, people didn't think that the market was only going to go up. But when it hits, we're looking at the loss, but we need to broaden the perspective and look back a little bit further.
4: Right. I mean, hypothetically speaking, let's just say you'd had a 7% rate of return over the last 10 years, but when you look at your portfolio from this time last year to this time this year, you see a 15% loss. Now you're thinking to yourself, I've lost 15%. But really, you've averaged 7%. So it's not as much. It's just, again, in the lens in which you're viewing it. So let's put it from the perspective of the lens
2: of that 65-year-old. If I'm that 65-year-old couple, I'm facing retirement, I'm worried because that's exactly when I don't want to be losing that 15%, because then I'm wondering, am I going to have time to, to make it back? So if, if you have clients in those sorts of specific situations or where you know that they're looking at a big expense or you know they're thinking about buying a home or or whatever it happens to be. How do you factor the market and what's going on in the market into those specifics for them?
5: Well, it's, it's really important and you can't ignore it. So the reality is values are down, right? We know we've got losses in stocks and we've got losses in bonds. So if you've got a diversified portfolio, you're down. And you should address it and discuss and figure out, do I need to adjust things? So if I haven't yet retired... The issue is, should I postpone it a little bit? But it's the same uh, important issue for people that are already retired, right? For those people, if, you're, if your values are down by 10%, I think you need to revisit how much you're taking out in terms of what's that percentage, what's that rate of withdrawal, is it still healthy, or should I try to cut back? Or if I have an extra year's worth of cash reserves, as you talked about, Isabel, maybe I lower it for a period of time. And so I do think that with the losses and inflation up, everybody should be revisiting where they are.
2: You mentioned your mom and the divorce that she went through. I got divorced when I turned 40. It was about the same year that my father died. And I went out with my mother in search of a financial advisor for her because... Even though she set a great example for me because she always handled the finances in their partnership, she felt like she lost her sounding board and she needed somebody to work with. I'm wondering if these are the kinds of life changes and the kinds of life events where you feel like either people should seek out a relationship or if they have a relationship they need to let you know what's going on.
4: Yeah, I think it's really common that someone will come to us because of an event. Um, it, I mean, it shouldn't be. It should be that we people are coming to us at the very beginning of their life planning and um, and talking about it from the get-go. But the reality is, is that life happens, and you have other priorities, and it's very easy to procrastinate with financial planning. So, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, people are often coming walking through our doors when it's there's been a death in the family, or an inheritance, or a divorce, or a marriage, or a childbirth, or a grandchildbirth or retirement. And so the most important step is just walking in that door and having the conversation, because there is ultimately no way you're gonna know if you should defer your vacation, if you should delay retirement, if you need to stop taking those withdrawals from your portfolio if you're not talking about it.
2: That's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to register at planEFE.com for the economic storm of 2022 and your wealth on Tuesday, September 20th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. That's planEFE.com.
1: If you've got a question or a topic that you'd like us to discuss, we'd love to talk to you on air. Just visit EverydayWealth.com and submit your question. And together with an EFE Wealth Planner, we'll talk through potential solutions that would be personal
2: to you. And if you want to catch a show you might have missed, you can always listen to our podcast. Often the podcast will have an extended version of our show. You can download our podcast at EverydayWealth.com or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Take a second, subscribe, subscribe, You never miss an episode and leave us a review there too. Have a great week, everybody.
0: You've been listening to Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien, Gene Chatsky, and John McCafferty. Tune in each week for fresh and compelling insights and strategies to help elevate your financial potential. To learn more, visit our website, everydaywealth.com, or find our show wherever you stream your favorite podcast.